This is Agents Influence Podcast. Most producers spend 80% of their time in activities and only 20% results, and it should be totally flipped. And so a big part of that is obviously you need to have a team, so there's a lot to that. My role as a producer, for example, is to get results. So I've got to be spending 80% of my time in results-based, not, I hope I get a good email, I hope someone calls me, or I hope I just do whatever, random stuff that makes us feel kind of busy. But one of the things that we always talk about, activity is not an accomplishment. We're all busy. Activity is not an accomplishment. What's the result you're generating? And that's the key question. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Officially, we are live. So welcome, everybody, to Agents Influence Podcast Live. Now, this is with conversations with Jason Cass. Today, we are joined with Britt Kelly, but I have a co-host on helping me. So today, this is Agents Influence Conversations with Jason Cass and Caitlin Agar. And we, um, yes, say hi, Caitlin. Hi, everyone. They you know you. <laughs> She's our YouTube star here at... Uh, at Agency Intelligence. And Brent, buddy, welcome, dude, to the uh, podcast. I'm glad to have you. Hey, I am honored to be with you, Cass, anytime. And Caitlin, nice to see you. Nice to meet you, uh, or at least a, it's a 2020 yeah. meeting. I've, I call them like meet and greets. That's right. <laughs> this is exactly what they are. But we've been doing this long before COVID was here. Um, but I want to remind everybody, so if you're listening in the recorded podcast, this is an agent's uh, influence podcast. That's what this is. It's just that we try to take some outside the box every once in a while and bring them live. And it's on here and it's on uh, YouTube. And then we strip off the audio and deliver it to you whenever you're listening. I think you're probably listening. This comes out, I believe, on December 30th. Someone right around there, but it doesn't really matter. We are going to light people up today. But why is it fun for it to be live? You got a little chat, okay? We want to hear your questions. We want you to help drive the conversation, okay? And that's why we do it in this. I mean, Brent says, he told me earlier, he said, Jason, there's nothing they can throw at me that I can't answer. <laughs> that's a challenge. Wow. Hey. I kind of want to see who takes them up on that one. No, all right. Thanks for setting me up, Dad. I'll do my best. Brent, what is your uh, what is your title there? I am the vice president of the Sitkins Group. Vice president of Sitkins Group. Okay, that's I just I did, was going to put it there, and I didn't know, and I I was going to put Big Dog, and then I realized Roger's still there. Yeah. So just just the next big dog or how about uh you could just put like uh, john maxwell says my name is john i'm your friend i'll say hey my name is brent i'm your friend today how's that that work i like that i All like right. that you've been my friend for a long time but that's right um somebody i'm getting a little bit of feedback keep that in mind but i don't know who it is but anyways just well whoever just did something it seems like it's a little better but anyways here's the deal that i want to that i want to um that i want to talk about because i want to do exactly like we normally do Are you an iphone or a droid user I'm an iPhone user. Now, and this is like the third time you've been on. So you've answered this a lot, but we have so many new listeners. I want to make sure that they know. And let me ask you this. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? This question has been bothering me for three years, Cass. Like I, I just know. don't know how to answer it right. But I was thinking about it. I'm going to answer with my heart. I love to win. They both are impactful, but I love to win. 
I have to agree. That's how it would be for me as well. And then the two things, man, luck and skill, which one for you has brought you where you are and why? I'm going to, I'm going to do the cop-out answer. Uh, luck is met when proper to, pr- preparation, opportunity, take action. So um, you've got to be at the right place at the right time. But if you're not prepared, doesn't matter. Thanks, yeah. Does it? Every once in a while. The new question. Uh-oh, a new question. Are you going to ask him the new question, the one that stumped me? Um, which one? About the the movie? About, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that comes at the end. Those are okay. the person. That's the personal session. Spoiler alert. No, that's yeah, exactly. You know, and I love ask answer that. I have been getting some great responses on that. So I can't wait for it from you, uh, Brent. Brent, dude, you were an agent at Clemens Insurance. They taught you the ropes. I mean, you you'll probably tell some of these stories or I'll pull them out of you. I mean, you were just like a lot of people out there trying to look for a profession. You found one, you're still trying to figure out what to do. You know, they you learned there. I think you learned your skills were huge. You always were the coach long ago. Remember that? Remember yeah. that? That, that, that was the coach. And it's so, I mean, coach. that's, yeah, you were, you were who you are now before you are who you are now. Right. And that's the thing that I love. And then you joined Sitkin group, catch us up right there from Sitkins. What happened? How did you get there? And then bring us through to what you guys are doing right now. Well, I started with Sitkins in 2017. So I've been there three and a half years. I mean, you always say crazy how fast time goes, but it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously an opportunity and, and, you know, a lot of things, Jason, you know me for a long time, a lot of the, whether it's blogs, uh, videos, all those kind of things that are out there were a big reason actually where, how I hooked up uh, with Sitkins and Roger. And he said, man, I love the stuff you're doing uh, and all the contacts, but my passion really is around, around leadership, helping others serve, adding value I and mean, all those things. But it's, it's at the heart of what I love to do. And so I started with Sitkins in 2017 and. Um, to be able to, um, Roger said this to me, I'll just leave it at this. When I started working there, he said, my goal is to help you accelerate at a faster level you ever possibly could imagine. And part of that is being able, being able to um, be in rooms with people I wouldn't have been at before, right? Uh, to be able to sit with Roger in 40 years of experience and say, how did you do this? Why did they do this? And answer those questions and work, interact. Um, I do feel like, you know, you hear the hockey stick growth. And, and I don't mean that just as financially, I mean, just as far as learning and growth as a professional. So uh, it's been a great opportunity for me and I'm having a blast doing it. And you guys are doing some unbelievable things and no one talks higher about anybody than Roger does about you. I just did a podcast with him that's coming out on the 10th sometime next week. Um, you guys are going to be blown away. All you loyal listeners you are going to absolutely love it. Real quick shout out here because he's hitting us on. Miles Merwin says, hey, Brent in the house. Hi, Miles Merwin. How are you? The Miles- legend Miles Merwin. Good to see you, man. He is a legend, isn't he? Miles, uh, you feel free to jump on anytime. And let me tell you something. If you get passionate about something, you just ask for the link and I'll drop it to you and bring you right in here. Okay. That's what we do here at Agents Influence Podcast Live. That's why I love this. Britt, tell us about the fact that 80%, give us the 80-20 rule. Lay it out. You can lay it out in so many facets of the insurance yeah. industry and your agency. Tell us about it. Dig deep there for a minute and blow people's minds about how they can look at their book differently. Well, one of the things that is one of the foundational things that we teach and show agencies is the 80-20 rule, which it's only been around, Jason, for about 130 years, right? That's so it's, not, bit. It's, it's not new. And it's something you've heard of as Pareto's principle, which Vilfredo Pareto, Italian economist, 1896, give me some facts here. 
um, discovered that 20% of the landowners in Italy own 80% of the land. And you think, okay, well, that probably makes sense. But he then went on to find many other things in the economy and just in little things in life, like in his garden. 20% of the peas produce 80% of the pea pods. And so you start to realize there's this predictable imbalance in the universe that 20% of the right input leads to 80% of the right output. And when I talk with agencies, one of their biggest struggles is freedom, freedom of time and money and understanding this principle. And when you, when you talk about it, people go, yeah, I'm pretty sure that 20% leads to 80%, but they don't really know. And so we look at agencies from a pers perspective of, first of all, we've done thousands of studies. Most agencies, 20% of your clients have 80% of your revenue. Now, if you are a, if you do personal lines only and small commercial, it might be a little less than that, but there's still a predictable imbalance, right? Um, I can tell you with insurance agencies that 20% of their carriers produce 80% of that premium. I can tell you that 20% of their producers, if you've got a decent sized team, produce 80% of your revenue. I can tell you that 20% of your team on your staff produces 80% of your problems. So there are a lot of things that you look at and, and just understanding this. So when I work with agencies, the key is what's that lever, right? What are the levers that move things that free up time? Because the only diminishing asset that we have, the only one is our time. You can get back money. You can get back things. You can even restore some relationships, right? Mm -hmm. But you can't get back your time. And so a big part of that is how do you prioritize in the right way? And finding that 80-20 is critical. Do you find that 80% of the things that are fighting for our time are insignificant? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, yes. I mean, it, we do, obviously, we work with agencies, we work with producers, too. Producers, it's really true. Um, most producers spend 80% of their time in activities and only 20% results. And it should be totally flipped. And, and it's just what it is. What do you, ah, I got email. I got this. I got this distraction. And so a big part of that is obviously you need to have a team. So there's a lot to that. But understanding my role as a producer, for example, is to get results. So I've got to be spending 80% of my time in results-based, not I hope I get a good email. I hope someone calls me, right? Or I hope I just do whatever random stuff that makes us feel kind of busy. But one thing that we always talk about, activity is not an accomplishment. We're all busy. Activity is not an accomplishment. What's the result you're generating? And that's the key question. Why don't they? I mean, I, we all know I'm one of those people too, but why, why don't we, why do we feel better seeing busy? Why, why, well, why, when we see the fruits of our labor, why don't we want more? I, I think a couple of things stand out to me. Number one is because um, busy is all around us, right? So it's easy to grab a piece of paper, an email, and at least you feel like, you're doing something. Ah, I feel pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. And here's the other part. And this is something that we, we've talked a lot about this last year as a group, as an organization with our, our members and clients, is it's really hard to go deep in the right stuff because depth requires thought. Depth requires consistency. Depth requires a commitment, right? That most of us go, we get about 10. Mm -hmm. We just think about it. And I'm guilty of this too, Jason. You get into something that's deep work. And we find ourselves when it gets challenging. Now, I got to think about this. How am I going to do that? What would be a unique way? I mean, the, the year of COVID, what could I do differently that would be something deeper than what most people are doing? And we start that process and we think and we get about five minutes in and go, you know, I'm going to check Facebook real quick or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I got an email. Uh, I see Miles wrote pings, dings, and rings. Yeah, we got pings, dings, and rings. And so it's All like, how do do that? And so, so I think that's a big part. Number one is that busy does, even though deep down we know we're not really getting the results that we want, we still can go, hey, I was busy today, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And the other part is, again, when you, we, we go deeper into things, and we use DEEP as an acronym. If you talk to Roger, we have a lot of acronyms. You do. Um, DEEP is another one we came with this year. DEEP stands for Delivering Excellence in Every Process. Are you willing to deliver excellence in every process to go deep? What is this process? And, and instead of just skimming the surface, how are we willing to go deeper to get to the things that really matter? So I think we feel good and the hard work is hard work. Caitlin, you got any questions on that? I know that's that's right in your wheelhouse. Oh yeah, you definitely have the wheels in my head turning, but with what you said most just now about like going deeper in the process, delivering ex excellence in every process. I think for us, one of those things that has been coming to the surface most often in this fourth quarter is, is this process proactive enough? So mm. I might be talking about, okay, how are we gonna handle new business client saves and here are the steps we're gonna take, but it goes back to what the sales conversation looked like. So we have to have a process that's typed out, but think about what it's rooted in and why it's even there to begin with. Like <laughs> go a little bit um, further back in the timeline to go deep enough. That's a great point. And, and we talk about too, of, um, you know, even looking at the idea of a renewal process, we don't talk about renewals of Sitkins. We talk about continuing relationships mm -hmm. and that starts at policy delivery. So what's our proactive approach or plan with this client from the minute they become a client? Now, one of the reasons why agencies don't do this goes back to 80-20, because if we treat every client identical and we have all this hysterical activity, there's no way you could do that. You don't have the time and capability. But when you say, listen, I know this 20% produces 80% of my revenue, all clients is of good service, but our 20% clients, they deserve over the top service. So we've got to figure out what is the plan. And by the way, we can ask questions like, what would an excellent process look like for you, right? To some of those and defining those. Um, you know, one of the questions that we ask oftentimes or teach is a continuation question. Could you imagine at the beginning of every good relationship, right, that you're having with a client or a new client, you would say, you know, Jason or Caitlin, one of our goals is to be a member of your trusted advisor team and earn a long-term relationship. So what do you expect from us the next 12 months to guarantee we'll continue this relationship next year? Mm. Wow. Mm. Right? Mm. Isn't that how we want to be treated by everyone yes. we business with? Like, wouldn't that be music to our ears mm. <laughs> from any and, of the um, companies we do business with? That's, that's what clients want. Right. And, and so it does two things. It makes them feel good. And you have a clear idea of what we really need to do. In some cases, they'll say, well, I need you to do what you said you were going to do. Well, let's define that again. It's this, this, and this, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then could you imagine it? Let's say it's six months. You would come to your client and say, hey, I want to do a recap. You know, again, there's a lot of things you could be doing depending on the client. Mm -hmm. But if you said, you know, you mentioned the beginning this for us to continue this relationship, you ask for X, Y, and Z. Do you remember that? And we actually have a copy of it. Because they won't remember because they're That's busy, right. Right? That's right? Here's what it is. Here's what we've done in these areas. Are we doing a good job? Oh, you guys are doing great. I forgot about that. That's good stuff. Hey, here's going to be our strategy for your upcoming continuation. We've already talked to some of these markets, whatever. The idea is all of that is make the renewal a non-event. And you've done that by being proactive. It's like just a little bit of stuff mm -hmm. proactive eliminates some of the chaos that we deal with, which, by the way, sucks our time and energy the last 60, 30, 14, 10 days before the renewal. Loyal listeners, did you hear that? Don't make the renewal an event. Come on, Brent. And then you're throwing out other crazy ass stuff like hysterical. What did you call that? Hysterical. Well, we, that's another acronym. HAWG. H-A-W-G. Hysterical activity on the way to the grave. And, <laughs> and, and 
And agencies are like going like crazy, right? Going, 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 right? All these different stuff and they're like hysterical activities. So we jokingly say, don't be a hog, be a pig. Now a pig is profitable income growth. That's what we want or predictable income growth, whatever it is. So we have some fun. Don't be a hog, be a pig. Don't be a hog, be a pig. That's <laughs> so many of these. Hey, Brent, and uh, check this out. Caitlin, tell me about this. How does your advice differ from a small agencies to large agencies, Brent? Well, I'm going to give you something that's interesting. Um, we work, I work, I personally coach agencies right now that range in revenue, not premium revenue, from a million and a half to 30 million. So there's a wide gap, right, of that. Gotcha. Certainly, certainly there's differences in departments and structure and all that kind of stuff. But when you break it down to the basics, I don't care if you're 30 million, 3 million, 300,000. Some of the very basic things, which are, am I using my time? wisely we've talked about some of that do i understand the priority power am i being intentional with my pipelines meaning it's not suspects or prospects but future ideal clients that we're being proactive in defining right do i really understand our points of differentiation which means not just we have good service and good people but what does that mean what do we really do like those things are the same in many cases of frustrations from 30 million to 3 million to 300,000 now there may be more layers to it more people involved more money uh, but a lot of those things are very, are very much the same. Mm. I tell you, just by getting people to understand the value of their time and being more proactive with that and then focus on the right clients versus every client, agencies can grow 25 to 30 percent just by that, even before we talk about processes and specific strategies. So that's true for any size of agency. I don't know if that answers your question. I mean, there's, there's more to it than that. I get it. But overall, it's, it's very true. Anything to add, Caitlin? Yeah, I think for us, um, there's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. And the first piece of it was that when we built the the quantum client care team, we knew it was going to be high volume. It was going to basically be a call center model mm -hmm. uh, because of the volume of business they were dealing with. But we wanted it to be different because we wanted it to operate like an agency client care relationship would operate. So we we wanted the client care team to be trained to like develop relationships over the phone and mm -hmm. to provide really great advice and be able to do an on the spot coverage review. And so um, we wanted the clients to feel like they were calling the local agency and not feel like they were calling a call center. So right. I think in that sense, they can be the same. Um, but the, the difference that we found that for us is still um, a difference is that in the small agency, they can call in and Kate's going to, Val's going to pick up the phone. They know who Val is. And then she'll connect it to Kate if it's Kate's department and it's something that Kate handles, but they know they're going to get Val or Kate, mm -hmm. right? Gotcha. When they call a call center, they, they're going to get a different person every time. So what we found is that that can be a challenge to the client relationship because we all do feel more comfortable if we know, oh, it's going to be Val. And if Val, you know, she'll get back to me, whatnot. So we have to overcome that by making sure that every single person answering the phone mm -hmm. is so confident and comfortable that the client knows they reached the right person. Even if it's a new person, they have no doubt that they're speaking to the right person who can handle it, who's going to take care of them. So I think that clients are okay with calling and getting someone new as long as that person knows what they're doing and is friendly and personable and oh i'm so glad that you called today jill hey i have your policy pulled up in front of me and here's what i can do for you i think it helps to smooth out that kink that we've experienced on the i like that i like that a lot and one thing to add here we're going back to what you're talking about uh vonda copeland throws out there hog 
H A W G L O. That was a good one. That was sticky, apparently. That's good. I think we need like, to start like a hashtag blog thread and see what kind of <laughs> we can get going for that one. And I know Monday coaching meetings. I've got something that I want to talk to you about, but Josh Lipstone hopped in here with something really good here. How do you stop helping or working with the clients that are unprofitable? Basically, how do you fire them as a client for both personal and commercial lines? That might be the question of the podcast right there, because golly, we were just talking about this in my agency last week. Brent, what say you? Well, there's there's a lot to that. Of course, it depends on the relationship. But I'm going to start with the front end, which sometimes gets missed because I, I see this sometimes, too. We talk about 80-20. Um, you know, I learned something uh, early in my life when I was having some financial struggles. And the fact that the best way to get out of debt, um, you think about, well, the best way to get out of debt is lower your interest rate or consolidate or all these kind of things, right? The best way to get out of debt is to stop borrowing money. So what I would first say is this, Okay. If you want to start to figure out how to fire right your clients, that's kind of a that's a tough word to use. First, start by making sure you're not bringing on more just like them. Okay, so that's a big part of that because I think some loyal listeners. That's why we bring Kelly on. Good stuff, dude. Well, because you see that you see, well, I'm going to do this, but yet you're still recreating the problem, and so it just circumnavigates, right? And like, well, I'm still dealing with clients that I don't really want or like. As far as firing them, I mean, there's a lot of different approaches to that. Um, and I don't, it depends, you know, a little bit what your process is. I think when you become very clear on what it is you want and the type of clients that you're defining, right, it fits your profile, it becomes easier, not easy, <laughs> easier to have a conversation at some point to say, hey, listen, you know, we've redesigned our process and we're doing things differently, whatever the case may be. And in the future, you may not fit our model, so to speak. Now, that's, kind of an you know, in-between way. Um, yeah. There could be someone else on your team potentially. But here's the other one too. Here's the flat line. I had this in my career. Um, here's one more acronym for you, Jason and, and Caitlin. NCR, 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 not National Cash Register, but no caustic relationships. And um, no caustic relationships, meaning that this. Caustic. Caustic. Caustic is angry, bad, don't like it. Okay? I know, I got it. Um, yeah. So, I mean... I've had a situation, maybe you had too, where I had a client, you know, call in who was just going crazy. This wasn't the first time uh, screaming at my service team, all that kind of stuff. Right. And it was a decent sized account. But you have to make a decision. Like, is that our model? Are we going to allow that? Now, you'd say, well, if it's a million dollar account. We might give it a little more flexibility. Right. But <laughs> but the truth of it is, at some point, you have to say, listen, that's not who we're about. That's not what we do with this agency. That's no longer acceptable. If that happens again, we will have to terminate our relationship and maybe give them one warning of that. But oftentimes when you're very clear with them on that and they've crossed the bounds, and maybe you're not talking about that, um, Josh, but if they have, they'll typically go, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm out of line. Because sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll add one more thing to this. And I see this a lot in agencies. This is true in leadership too. Do not complain about that which you tolerate. You know, I think that's something that happens is we, oh, I don't like them. I don't like that. It's not going to work. Well, either make a decision. Either you got to be educated and say, this is how we are and this is how we're going to do this relationship or you need to end it. But you can't go on being mad because guess what? You're probably mad alone. They're yeah. not. They're not mad. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. There's a lot to that question. Though, Josh. No, there is a lot to that question. That was some good stuff there. I really, really like that. 
Um, let me, let me, let me, let me uh, see for both personal lines and commercial lines. I mean, not only does he nail you down with a question like that, but, but then he, he wants to know both sides. So that's just Josh Lipstone, if you know him, but here's the deal. I like to fire him. I just fire him. You know, I'm trying, I'm trying to, and then, and then one time somebody told me, Jason, legally, you can't do that. <laughs> there, there has to be a way. Seriously. That was a joke. That was 15 years ago, but I still wanted to do it yesterday. So the, 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 the point is, is that there are different ways to do it, but there's probably no legal way and no easy way to do it. You know what I mean? I think there's things that you can discuss doing at renewals and things like that that can really kind of, um, when you're limited on markets based what the what the way it was three or four years ago. Um, I think that there's nice things that we can do. Also, just forget to send them certificates of insurance for a while. See how it goes. No, I'm joking. Everybody listening. No, I'm absolutely joking. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, aka agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. So anyways, um, go ahead, yeah. So Josh, when you say unprofitable, unprofitable business, um, tell us a little bit more about what you're thinking there, because it, what comes to mind for me is I think about the accounts that are um, always jumping insurance companies, maybe they, you know, have laps in their insurance often. So maybe they're not a bad client. Maybe they're a great person. Maybe they're friendly to your customer service team, but it's just tough business to like, do the hamster wheel on that kind of account, especially if you have thousands of them. So oh, um, what does Brett, unprofitable mean? I like that. I kind of want to pick y'all's brain on. So on the side of like, okay, what kind of business do we want to target and retain so that we're cultivating a book that's, you know, within our goals, where does the future preferred client fit into that? Because how can we identify someone who maybe they're not a preferred client today? Maybe, you know, not a homeowner yet, but maybe they're a future preferred client. What are some things we could look for um, so that we're not triaging out some of the good with the bad? Yeah, I think it's a good question, Caitlin. I think some of the we run into in our producer camp a little bit is we identify future ideal clients. We actually create a minimum account size uh, based on your book of business. So number one, now what we'll get sometimes, and there's some truth to this is, well, I wrote a small one and it grew to be a huge one, right? Um, and there's truth to that. Yeah. So here's, here's something I'll say though. All right. And if we're honest with ourselves, generally, we make the exception, the rule because it's convenient, right? I wrote a hundred accounts, one grew to be big. So that means I'm always going to do that. Well, that's probably not the right way, but I will say this. I mean, there's some level of just emotional intelligence or whatever, when you have conversations with people that you can kind of see, but I think you've got to have, um, you've got to have some kind of structure or rule. So uh, you got to have guidelines mm -hmm. without guardrails. You're going to go all over the place. And so if I know that my minimum account size is this, or if it's a personal lines account, I know that I simply will not write a model line account, right? I'm mean, just to give an example. We have to have that. Yeah, but I promise I'll give you my auto next year, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we hear that. Well, 
I understand that. I appreciate that. But it is actually something in our, you know, you can, you can define a number of different ways of why we do that. That simply isn't our process and model. Now, they may say, well, fine, I'm not going to play that game. But realistically, uh, if you've had a conversation, depending on the circumstances, most times um, you can get to the root of the issue of what's really going on with a lot of those clients. And, and so I think, again, a lot of times we do it because it's easy. Well, I'll just go ahead and write it. And then we look back six months or a year or two years and go, what was I thinking? Right? What was I doing in that area? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I may have got off lines of your question. Standards. Mm-hmm. I think standards, Billy, uh, Billy Williams, I hear talk about standards a lot. And and he talks about just not like minimum limits and stuff like that. And just yeah. not those type of things. Yeah. But standards is the way that we operate, as you're talking about. And he said it allows and it gives cover. I'm, this is not exactly what he says, but it's similar to he said standards allow for easy training and allow for the staff to have easy cover in tough situations, right? It's, hey, this is not me. This is the way we run it at our agency, right? We've we've denied these people before, or this is the way that we've had to say no before. And I like that, that that sometimes we don't realize that those standards actually provide protection. If I could add one more thing to that. Come on. I think certainly, and this is, you know, everybody's got different personality types. So certainly I talk to salespeople in general. They don't want rules or restrictions, right? That's not their nature. But I will tell you, and I'm raising my own hand here, when I have rules and just uh, rules and some type of structure, it actually gives me more freedom than restriction. It's true. It does. Because at some point, I I don't have to worry about what about that? What about that? Because I can make everything good in my mind. If you're a salesperson, everything is going to be okay, right? So if I say, that sounds good, but something ain't quite right. And here's our, again, here's our agency. I hate the word, I wouldn't use the agency policy, but this is our model, whatever the case may be. We simply can't do that. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier because yeah. we, we deal with decision fatigue every week. It makes it so clear what they're supposed to do next. Yeah, decision. like make it easier for your team. Don't make it, it hard. I think to make it easier for our sales team, if we can help train their ears to hear what we hear when we're on a call with a client. I was just reviewing a call recording yesterday with the sales team. And this was a client who had been with their current company for five years, homeowner, retired, sweet lady easy to talk to. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is so closable. You can't lose this one. It's impossible not to like close this deal. Right. And I'm like, what a wonderful client. She wanted to talk coverages. She had at least 100, 300. And I'm not confident that every single salesperson is already there yet. Right. That comes with experience. And once you've talked to thousands of customers, your ear is trained to know, is this someone that values the relationship with their trusted advisor, someone who values coverage and who wants to not have to worry about their insurance and and being able to pick up on those things, I help I think will help with Josh's question that's coming up. So he Josh is saying this is more about his question, expanding on it, it's about clients who are service heavy but generate low revenue. And so it's really easy for our sales and service teams to pick up on that client, the client that's calling in multiple times a year because they had 15 towing incidents or can't you know find their ID card all the time or their premium went up five dollars, but we need to train their ears on the flip side of that as well, so that when that client comes aboard, that's really the perfect fit for the agency. They're they're able to spot it and it doesn't go out of out of sights. I, I do love that, and I like what he's saying here. He he's not basing it on some of the criteria. He's basing it on what you're saying. They're not providing enough revenue. We're changing the way our agency is moving or the type of client we're going after. 
sometimes that's just shedding skin, you know, and that's just a really, really, really hard thing to do. Now, I want to move on here because there's a couple other things to, to tag on. I want to talk about the power of our uh, the priority of power. I heard you talk about that earlier, Brent. And I and I want to and I want to hear did you that's obviously some kind of saying you have because you talked about that sometimes people don't understand the uh, the priority of power um, when you were talking about some of the basic things that all companies have. Do you remember that? Well, I talking about the power of priority or priority power. Now I'm confused myself. Power of priority. You said it. I'm just trying to write it down. As okay. You said well, it. that's all right. Well, I think if go back to earlier conversation, it comes back a lot to the 80-20 principle. I mean, a lot of that stems back to that. So gotcha. are you asking a specific question in a certain area or just a general overview of that? No, it's just a general overview of how you talk about that with other agents, how that becomes into play. Well, I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Well, here, here's what I would say. Um, and I guess... Uh, you can ask a deeper question after this if this gets gets us moving in that direction. But when I start working with agencies and leaders, um, the biggest problem they have is not more stuff to do. It's more of the right stuff and less of the other stuff, right? It's not, I need, hey, you need to do this and this and this. It's what you need to stop doing. And I think that's one of the things that when I say priority power is, I'm just a big believer in this. And this is just the truth. When you say yes to something, you are automatically saying no to something else. True that. So, if I say yes to, you know, I, I could name a number of things depending on the situation. But if I say, let's use 80-20 for clients. If I say yes, the fact that every client, when they call in, they deserve the same level of service. That sounds great. Well, then you're saying no, that your best clients deserve some proactive service. That's what you're saying because you can't do it. You can't do both. And so you've got to make a decision on that. What is my priority? So when I look at the power of priority. It's just saying, it's kind of going back to our earlier conversation just a few minutes ago. You've got to have some guardrails or some rules that are going to help you make the right decisions. And if you don't have those in place, you haven't talked about those, you haven't thought about them, you haven't decided how you were going to do that. I mean, to give you an example of this, the most simple thing I have with producers in many cases, they go, yeah, but what do I do when that person in my hometown who I know isn't really a good fit and they want to monoline this or monoline that and I've kind of known them and they say, hey, could you just help me? And they say, you know, I end up always saying, all right, yeah, 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 I got it. And I said this, the problem is you don't have a way to say no yet. You haven't thought about it. And oh, if you wow. haven't worked on that conversation, you're going to struggle because at your heart, you do want to help people. Even if you know it's not probably the right thing for you or the agency, you'll go, ah. And then all of a sudden, two hours later, you're going, oh, I wish I would have done that. So, um, and again, not because we're a bad person have a bad heart, but because you haven't thought about how you're going to say no. So I always look at those in priority power. You better know how to say no. Loyal listeners, come on now. That's something you can do right today. You're, you're swimming and you're thinking, what am I going to talk about at my sales meeting? You're probably on the road. You're cussing at somebody because they just cut in front of you. Stop for a minute and realize you can actually do something productive today because you can have a conversation, which I wrote it down here, with your team about how do we have that conversation to say no? You know, and my other question that goes to what Josh is saying, have, have we had tried to have that conversation of how we fire them? I know that's a tough word, but I still like to use it. How do we fire them? What is the correct way? What's the okay way about going doing that? And then also just to add on to that, it adds on to the effect of what you said earlier about how somebody will say, well, yeah, I wrote that piece of business and then I wrote a bigger piece from it. I think that falls within the lie that I came that I have uh, talked about and written about before called the lie of this and that, or if this, then that. We have this belief that if the guy comes in and he says, hey, here's my motorcycle policy, I'd like for you to write this for me. 
but I don't have your auto at home. And I questioned me, he says, no, I'm going to keep that with my state farm guy down the road. We have this thought in our head that if I help him with this, I then maybe might get that, right? The problem is we never really go after that. And most of the time when you do, that person already told you at the front door on the call that, no, I don't want my auto and home with you. I'm just putting my motorcycle with you. So you're either going to accept that you're just riding the motorcycle or you're going to suck it up and have this conversation of, well, this is not the way we do it in our office, right? If it's yeah. a Harley Davidson, I would take it. <laughs> <laughs> can I have one more thought on that? Come on, yeah, come on. Um, all this goes, I mean, a lot of these things, um, you know, you're talking about saying no, or you know, I could say about asking for a meaningful referral, having a conversation with your service team, all these different things, whatever it may be, having a conversation with a, a difficult client, right? That maybe isn't very profitable. It all goes back to me of what we define. Are you ready for another acronym? Come on. LPR. Um, low, I'm sorry, LRP, I said it backwards, LRP, low risk practice. And low risk practice is simply this. Uh, are you, you a golfer, Jason, or yes. playing golf? So I don't play golf nearly as much as I used to. I love the game, but I got a lot going on. But it's like you go in a sand trap and you haven't, I haven't practiced that shot in six months. And then I get frustrated why I can't hit it out well. Well, I should be able to do that. I've never practiced, the, I've never practiced the stupid shot. Yet we do this in agencies all the time. Like, well, I'm not really good at asking for referrals. I'm not really good at saying no to my client, you know, to future clients that don't fit in a very professional way that they go, wow, this is great. Because we don't ever spend time in our office practicing it. Mm. And, and I don't know why you'd expect to suddenly just have, oh, light bulb went on. I got it. No, you don't. You've never practiced it. When you practice it, you go, I know exactly how I want to present this. Now, it may be different by situation. Um, but one of the things that we say all the time to producers, it's always interesting to me, and this is agency leaders too is we'll do some low risk practice on our sessions and they'll struggle. In fact, we, here's the best part. We do virtual sessions. Some of them bug out. Like I ain't doing that. Right. But I'll say this, if you can't do it here, you sure as heck ain't going to do it out there. Right. And, and you're not going to lose any money here. No one's going to beat you up here. We're going to help each other. So as a team, I would just say, think of those scenarios in your agency today could be a number of things that your team's struggling with. If you're not practicing, you're not getting better. Because I believe this too. There's two different ways to learn and, and, and change. There's information like, oh, I heard something Brent said. I wrote it down. I heard something Caitlin said. I wrote it down. Good stuff, right? Good stuff. That's information. That doesn't really do much for you. It's about transformation. Transformation is I wrote it down and then I took it to my office and we role played for 10 minutes. I have now improved my skill set in something that I wasn't very confident 10 minutes ago. Mm. that's how you get better. You mm -hmm. don't get better by just writing stuff down. That's the first step. And if you're listening, that's good. But now take one thing and do something with it. That's transformation. Yes, it is. Wow, that is good stuff. I'm picturing a kind of hilarious uh, group huddle workshop for Monday morning where we could practice saying no to some like personal life things that happen. I think we have a hard time saying no in our personal lives too. We could probably think of some funny scenarios. Um, there's probably been a, a couple Thanksgiving dinners we got invited to that we really wanted to say no to deep down. And, um, <laughs> I don't want to that. You're right about that. Hey, Miles Merwin throws something on the screen real quick. Best time to lose the, the sale is on the first day. Mm -hmm. Is that something you teach Brent or something? Yeah. We, I mean, Brent, I just didn't know. It's either the genius of you or the genius of him. Well, Miles is, a, Miles can come on and he's, you know, he can do all yeah. kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. Awesome. But yeah, I mean, that's about... 
I guess a lot of the things I'm getting a theme, it's being proactive, right? And it a lot is. of times with our clients, or if it's a, you know, we, you know, some people call prospects, we call future ideal clients. If we don't establish the rules of the game, whatever that is, how do you make the decision? Who makes the decision, right? What all is involved in that? I mean, those are some basic things. Then you're guessing. And we've all been in situations where you got through and you felt really good about something. You're like, what happened? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. So ask early so you don't get frustrated later. And that's what it says. The best day to lose a sale is the first day. If you realize the first day it's not a good fit, hey, more time for you. Great. Mm, love it. Love it. Asking questions, being proactive. That's that's you know, that's that's uh, the theme I'm hearing. Anything else anybody else really wants to add? Is there anything that you specifically wanted to talk about? I have about 50 things that I know that you talk about that would amaze people. I'm serious with your pyramids and your floaters and quoters and all that stuff that you do. Um, but I'm just uh, is there anything specifically you wanted to talk about? Well, all I would say is this is since I've since I've got a platform and I, I've lived my life in sales. Um, I would just uh, pay attention to some things we're doing. It's coming out. Actually, it's already been out, but it's going to be officially released next week. Um, we are going to be releasing an all-inclusive model to agencies to where every one of our training programs, all of our tools and resources are, are available. And the reason why, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but obviously it's been a challenging year for everybody. Um, and, and so we want to do things to help out more agencies. But three parts to this. I already mentioned one. We want to help agencies, not just information, but transformation. And we've got to find different ways of doing that. Number two is we want to help agencies not with an event, but a process. I love events. Events are great. Events can be catalysts for a great process. We do events, um, but most people vastly overestimate the power of an event and they vastly underestimate the power of a process. And so we want to help agencies through a process to continue to develop. And here's the last thing, um, why we're doing this all-inclusive for agencies. Every client-facing member get some teaching and training and peer coaching, all these kind of things that we do is that so often we send a producer or one agency member, or maybe the principal goes to an event or a training of some kind and they come back and they go, why doesn't my team get this? Why? I don't understand. And the biggest thing we see is sales and service, but mm -hmm. it's through all aspects where a salesperson, for example, comes to one of our events and goes, oh my gosh, why am I not doing this? And they go back to their office and their service team goes, I don't, I'm not doing that. Right. And for good reasons, because they don't have a, <laughs> they haven't right. explained to it correctly. So those three things together, information, transformation, part versus whole, the whole agency and event versus process. We're going to engage that um, at Sitkin to 2021 to make it really easy for agencies to say, Hey, it's time to up our growth, up our game. Yeah. That, that that's fantastic. Caitlin. Oh, that's fantastic because the learning really occurs in that ongoing experience. So with those resources you described, that really sets the agent up or the sales leader in the agency to create that continuous coaching environment in the agency using those tools and resources so that it's not just a one a sales meeting or an event or that one virtual workshop that you did, but yeah. that the um, process of growth can happen through the role plan from someone listening to your calls or coming up with a, a success plan with you using your resources. And that's where you really see behavior changes happen. Yeah, the, the best analogy I can provide is trying to go from that fire hose that explodes, you just like, whoosh, right? And you just get soaked and it stings and you dry off, even if you get wet, from a, from a fire hose to a garden hose. And ultimately, we're trying to get agencies to that time sprinkler, right? And you probably heard that everything, from Robert. Everything stays wet and fresh. Well, yeah, when it's needed, because it's one of those things you want to like develop people, but then it's like, what's the ongoing? Because 
how many times have you been to stuff? I've been that too. Or even if I've gone through a part of a process, you look back and you just start to slow fade back into your bad habits. So it's just keeping things fresh. It's tough. And how, how often do kids like dismiss what their parents are telling them and then their friend's parent will tell them the same thing and they come home and they're like, mom, dad, I decided I'm going to play soccer or whatever. Oh, true. Having that additional perspective and group of peers will certainly make a big difference. My son was a good baseball player, like when he was younger. And then he just like kind of flattened out. He then went to high school or, or junior high and got coached by their coach and like just blossomed it again, you know? And yeah. it was something that I learned with my second son is that mm-hmm. I need to only coach them to my limitations. You know, and my, my, I have limitations. I'm, I, I didn't even play high school baseball. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like I, so it's, it's understanding that though. The second one I learned from that and was still involved as a coach, but I was usually more of the assistant because I wanted to make sure that he were, he was getting the best training that he could. I think there's a lot to be learned there. Brent, yeah. rapid, wrapping up and going to uh, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And I know you're a leader, so you must be a reader. What are you reading right now? Oh, there's a number of, they always ask that book and I, I always have too many things going at once. Um, I actually, you know what, I'm because it's right next to me. This isn't going to be kind of a surprise, but I've been reading this uh, quite a bit, going through Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson, which is, uh, creating a mass movement of people that'll pay for your advice. Um, so as a trainer and coach, I've been reading that one for a while, just setting things up. And, you know, it's interesting. That's probably more for, you know, doing things to get people part of a program, things that we do. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing for insurance agencies. And he talks about the idea of creating a mass movement. You know, where are you going and why would people want to come with you? Um, right. Being a little bit prolific. What are you saying that's you know, not too far extreme on either way, but enough to people go, that's different. Otherwise, you're boring, right? Right. And then, and then be able to move people through emotion. So that's that's the latest book I've been. I've read that a couple of years ago. I'm going back through it now. So, and then to be able, go ahead. No, that's it. You know, to be able to move people through emotion. I thought that was pretty cool. That was a cool third leg there that that he was uh, talking about. Well, that's good. Anything else? Uh, you know, I mean, so it looks like that you're kind of uh, digging into something that's kind of outside the industry, but exactly with what every business or any marketer or somebody who's trying to teach somebody something is going through. So, yeah. Well, I I, I, want to say on books because I am, I am an avid reader. I have read a lot of books. Um, I've changed my philosophy a little bit. Now it's kind of, I've kind of ebb and flow. I used to be, be, how many books could I read in a year? Right. Which is cool. Um, And now it's like, what do I want to study this quarter? Like, that's my thing. Like this fourth quarter, I want to study marketing and moving people to action. So I'm reading a number of books and podcasts um, and buying some things. I bought a Tony Robbins thing. Just I want to learn as much as I can about that. And then next quarter, I'll probably move into something else. What a great idea. What a great idea. I was talking with Brian Dennehy, one of my top 10 podcasts I've ever done. I mean, I'm getting this rave reviews about it. The UK's uh, most hated sales trainer. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. And and he he doesn't even read. He says, I do one book. And he says, and I read that book and I literally go through it and I practice every dang thing. And everybody's like, oh, look at me. I've got 30 books I read. And he's like, big deal. You didn't do anything in one of them. You know, and it's like, that's so true. And, and I like how you broke yours in to those little quarters. Now, here's the deal. I know that you have all those daughters hmm. and I know that Tracy is your boo. So I know you're probably watching Hulu. 
I don't yeah. know. I don't know where you're getting your kicks. Maybe it's on Netflix. You maybe spend that time in Amazon. <laughs> what are you watching? Oh, that's a we, okay. So uh, we were told we went on a, a vacation uh, this summer with a, close our neighbors, and they recommended Yellowstone. So we went through that. We loved it. Then they recommended Ozark. We just finished Ozark. Oh, oh that. that was great. And that was great. And now we just started Sneaky Pete. Sneaky Pete's a good one too. So it's a good one. And so you in, in Ozark, you kind of picture yourself like, okay, if it's me and Tracy and the girls, like how would we do this? You know what I, mean? so, I, I got done. I was like every episode, I'm like, I'm so exhausted. Like, how, <laughs> I, how would it just been like the third the third episode? I'm like, I quit. I'm out. I'm not you got me. <laughs> Uh, I was doing a podcast this morning with David Crothers, and that's what he said was Yellowstone. He, yeah, yeah absolutely. loves Yellowstone. That was a great one. And uh, Caitlin, uh, and wrapping up, you want to say anything? Brent, what are you guys going to be doing for Christmas? Um, staying close. Um, again, we've got we got five kiddos, so just like Thanksgiving, it's funny. Like you know, we have seven in our house, even if we don't go anywhere. So it's probably <laughs> pretty crowded. Party. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, we're just going to stay. We're going to my wife's one, my family one night. We're going to do our little thing as a group. And then my parents and our, our family the next day and just enjoying the magic of Christmas. And TikTok uh, videos. What's that? Tick well, <laughs> I'm getting there, Jason. I'm getting better at it. I'm you working are. on it. Are you, are you doing the matching Christmas jammies or are your, your girls too old for that now? Well, they would do it. We're, we like the jammies. Um, I don't know if they're going to match though, but my, my wife usually has a theme. So yeah. the truth of it is my responsibility of Christmas is very limited and she deserves all the credit. Everything that happens is her. I'm really a loser in that category. I hate to say that, but it's true. So she makes the magic and you're along for the ride and it all goes. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, look what Santa got you. Look at that. That's really cool, Santa. <laughs> I look at her. I'm like, she's like, I know, me too. I know. Yeah. Now everyone right now is watching going, he is a terrible father. I know. No, he's not. I'm the same way. I, I, I'm excited when my kids open their presents because I don't know. I'm like, man, I wonder what they're doing. Christmas for everybody. Christmas for everybody. And I, even my wife, she buys her own plan, our presents. So I'm like, man, I wonder what I got my wife. No, I'm joking. Anyway, so anyways, not joking. All right. But anyways, hey, thank you very much, uh, Brent, for joining uh, Caitlin and I. We really, really do appreciate it. We do appreciate it. do appreciate everything that you do for this industry because you're just good. You know, it was a long time ago and it seems like a long time ago. It was only 10 years ago, 11 years ago when it was me and you and Ryan Hanley. Right. We were talking and beating the blogs up and doing videos. And everybody's like, what are these guys doing? You know what I mean? And we said, hey, it's coming. You got to change with right. the flow. One of the things I heard from Roger so much about what you guys are doing is the way that you're investing in technology. Mm -hmm. You know, when you listen, loyal listeners, to my podcast that comes out next week with Roger, you're going to find out that he had a dream to say, you know what, I'm going to have these clients and I'm going to go to Southwest Florida. And my, and my job is to get those people to come to me rather than me go to them. And that wasn't a selfish thing. You got to hear the whole story of why that is that way. But now he's, he's transforming it again and saying, as you said, with that thing that you guys have coming out, which I think uh, you didn't do it justice and I understand why. But that's a pretty electric thing that you guys have coming out where 
for, for a very good cost. It's not like it's cheap, but for a very good cost that anybody can afford, you can get that training that you guys are giving out. Also, when I want to figure out with any of you guys who are still watching live, um, there is a uh, agency 3, uh, 3X, your agency's growth that Sitkins agency is our industry, our Sitkins is doing. Uh, and you can register for it. If you're a mastermind member, you're going to be getting the, the email. Um, but it is on a Wednesday, December 9th at 2 p.m. It's absolutely free. Um, Sitkins never does anything for free because they're so highly paid. I'm joking. That's Cass saying that, not them. But Brennan is shaking his head. All right. And so I want to encourage you to reach out to them. Where can they can they go to sitkins.com and find find this to register? Yeah, just yeah, just go to sitkins.com and you'll see on there to, to register. Um, and as far as the new program that's out there, just sitkins.com slash AIM. It's AIM. There you uh, go. Slash AIM. And, um, and again, on the workshop, we're going to talk about some of the things that I mentioned today and then also explain deeper of what we're doing. Um, but I'll just leave it as far as you mentioned the cost thing. I mean, here's where to me, it's like a no brainer. I just had a call this morning um, with an agency leader. He has two producers. He said, I really want to get me and my two producers into your next producer training. I hear great things and all that kind of stuff. And I said, wonderful. And I said, well, there's two options. You could uh, register each person individually, which you're happy to do. And we'll get you through this whole program. It's a thousand dollars a piece. So it's three grand. I said, you'll, it's worth every penny and more. You'll 10 exit off of it. I said, or you could join our new AIM program where you get every single one of our training programs, right? All of them are tools or resources, ongoing monthly uh, coaching as well as a peer group. And it's $4.95 a month. Which one do you want to do? And I mean, so that's what we're trying to do because, and here's why, and I'm just, and I mean this with my heart, hopefully you feel this, is that if a producer goes to it, they're going to get so much information that they can use to transform, but they may get blocked because if the agency doesn't understand the difference it's going to make for their clients and their community. They don't understand some of the strategies. Same with the service team, it becomes this friction. And we want agencies to win. Bottom line is I want agencies to win. Um, I'm a big, you know, it's one of those things where it's, you know, it's easy for me to say, but it's easy, but because I believe in it. And that's the fact that when I see agencies transform and I see some of the results they get, all I want to go is, how can I tell more people about this? Mm -hmm. It's really cool. And I get the, you know, I have the honor of being around someone who's been doing it for 40 years. You just talked to Roger. He knows his stuff. Um, our team knows our stuff. And we just want to help agencies. So how's that for a pitch? I believe in it. No, and no, no, I believe in that's okay to do that. I wanted to purposely try to get you on here because I knew you guys had some stuff coming out at the end of the year. You wouldn't even tell me. I even called Roger. I was pranking him on his on his phone. I was acting like I was you. He knew every time. Um, but remember, Wednesday, December 9th at 2 Eastern time, go to sitkins.com and you'll be able to find more about that. It's Roger and um, and Brent that will be there. Um, so once again, I want to thank everybody for taking your time to watch this. I know some of the, the listeners or the viewers have went down, so I wish I could have told them personally. But Vonda, Megan, and Megan, it's been a long time. I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, Miles Merwin, Josh Lipstone, anybody else who wanted to ask questions and maybe couldn't because they were driving down the road and that's illegal to do. I really do thank you for everything. Now, remember, I do what I do because I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Cass, she's Agar, and that dude's Kelly. <laughs> Are dropped calls and poor voice quality slowing down your business communication? It's time you switch to a solution that keeps the team connected seamlessly. Introducing Lightspeed Voice, your gateway to a revolutionary VoIP system designed 
to elevate your business communications to the next level. With Lightspeed Voice, you get more than just a reliable connection. You get feature-rich system that adapts to your business needs, whether it's video, conferencing, virtual voicemail, or call forwarding. Lightspeed Voice, they've got you covered. They got my agency covered at the Insurance Alliance. Worried about the transition? Don't be. Lightspeed Voice offers a seamless integration, making the switch to our VoIP system a breeze. Our expert support team, that's what they're known for, is here to guide you every step of the way, ensuring a smooth and efficient transition for your business, that's right. But that's not all. Lightspeed Voice is not just a communication tool, it's a strategic investment in your business success. It is. Save on your monthly communication costs while enjoying top-notch service. It's a win-win and it is, and you can put that money somewhere else. Don't let outdated communication systems hold your business back. Upgrade to Lightspeed Voice today and experience the difference. Visit our website or call now to schedule a demo and see firsthand how Lightspeed Voice can transform your business communications. Lightspeed Voice, where every word matters and your business is always in sync. CAS approved.